Dr. Henderson. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay, man, we're back. Uh, you, you know how it works. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this oh, thing. yeah. But we're on uh, Real Will Radio, uh, Late Bloomers University. We're on with Pastor Marty Henderson, man. Thank you again for joining and mm-hmm. sharing with us from Gary, Indiana. Uh, I was just simply saying how much I admire you, man, appreciate you, admire you, respect you. And uh, you've been a blessing to not only me and on behalf of others who who have not said it. Or will, I'm saying it, man, you've been a blessing to all of us who have watched you over the years. man. How, how are you doing, man? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Thanking the Lord for just another day. You know, I'll be celebrating 15 years at peace on Sunday. Come on, man. Oh, yeah. Happy anniversary. Has it been a long 15, short 15? Ooh, <laughs> but God's been faithful. That's all I can say. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like 15, man. Yeah, it's been 15. It's your ass. Man, mm-hmm. I, I remember when you first came. Wow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Remember when you mm-hmm. first came, man. Uh, you, you know, I was going to ask you, man, I, I, I got it down as a question. I, my, my main question I want to get to, but I want to ask you because uh, this podcast, it, my purpose is to inspire people mm-hmm. at this point in the game to, to get up, to go for it, to write it, to do it, develop, to, you know, to go for it, not to hesitate, put it off any longer, man. And with that comes this thing of transition. And so I want to ask you, um, you, you, you know, these big, you know what I used to say, if uh, I said the other day, I said, it's different when you're forced to make change, mm-hmm. but when you decide to make change, that's a whole different ball game because if the bottom falls out, everybody says, you ain't got nobody to blame but yourself because you did it yourself. I want to mm-hmm. ask you, how was your transition leaving? Did you leave Ohio, right? I left Ohio, right. How was transition from you know and i got my personal questions about uh pastor as well but how, mm-hmm. how was that transition for you man how'd you navigate that thing man well you know it was it was truly the call of god okay you know because i watched peace baptist church for about two years okay yeah i watched i watched it and uh it kept coming up in my spirit you know i did the uh, things that you do for the application process uh-huh. and it wouldn't leave my spirit okay it was it was nagging me uh-huh. and so i uh went ahead on and followed through with the process and you know how they do with when you candidate for a church they're actually looking for a reason not to call you <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah, so they 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 check out their rubric and say not not him, not him, not him. But uh, from the remarks of those who were on the committee, they kept saying you you kept coming up, you kept coming up. And so uh, as I came up with them, they continued to come up with me. And so finally, um, that last Sunday that I preached before. I, you know, before they did voting and everything, I asked the Lord to give me a sign to show me that this was where he wanted me to be. Okay. And true to form Mm. that God answers prayer. Man. I sat there in the chair before I preached and God gave me my answer. 
And so I just, my spirit was settled and they did whatever they had to do for things to, yeah. to happen. And so I remained obedient to the heavenly calling. And that call has been with me throughout these 15 years. And so it's renewed for me personally every anniversary. And so I'm just grateful to God for calling me to come to the church. Now the transition part of going from Ohio yeah. to Indiana was relatively smooth because I had associations mm -hmm. here in Indiana cool. from being in the Progressive Convention. I knew the brethren, a lot of the brethren who was here and they were warm and welcoming to me when I came to the community. Plus, I'm 45 minutes away from my mother's table. Ah, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. I, my mother lives in Maywood, Illinois, and I grew up in Argo Summit, Illinois. Okay. And so I'm maybe about 25 minutes from my home church and 45 minutes from my mother's table. And so those fellowships from my youth in ministry were rekindled when I came to the area. So I had a, a strong support system when I came here. And that helps any minister mm -hmm. or any person who mm -hmm. is transitioning from one location or one uh, position yeah. to another. You, you got to have a support system. Yeah, you got to have a support system. So I'm grateful for that. And so that was my that was my transition. Man, I, I, I love it, man. Um, you know, there's something else that that you did, man, uh, which is also a reason why I wanted to talk to you, man, because uh, you did something that um, to me was a leap. You somehow got involved in farming. <laughs> no, no, no. Reason why, reason why I love that man is because number one, it's out of traditional. It's out of whatever what the run of the mill thing, and so somehow, some way, this came up and and it became somewhat of a passion and desire for you. And I don't know the details. I love for you to share it, man. But you went after it. How did that came about? How did that come about? Well, you know, I uh, I spent summers between Emerson, Arkansas, and Haydenville, Louisiana. Okay. So my my both grandparents, my grandparents in Haynesville, Louisiana, had a garden, but my grandfather in Emerson, Arkansas, had a farm, okay. and they had maybe about four acres of land that they farmed as sharecroppers. Uh -huh. They had one acre that they farmed for themselves, but then they did the rest for uh, the mm -hmm. Mr. F. Phelps was his name. And so my grandmother, had, she had a garden where my, my grandfather, let me say this, my grandfather was a cucumber farmer. 
Okay. And so we, oh man, we picked cucumbers oh, every day when the dawn came up. He had pigs and cows and horses and mules. Okay. And so we, we got up when the sun came up, feeding them, slapping the hogs and doing things like that. Uh, okay. And uh, it was being put in my soul. Mm. the farming spirit and so my grandmother she had a garden and she growed collard greens and tomatoes and peas and so one weekend we would go to magnolia arkansas where the cucumber mill was okay. and harvest the cucumbers mm. and then the next weekend we would go to haynesville louisiana where my grandmother would pedal her collard greens, her eggs, her peas, and things like that. My mother told me that she would have every two weeks 35 bunches of collard greens that she sold for 35 cents each. Wow. That was when I was growing up. Okay. And so we got from the country to the city when my grandmother would be going to the city to peddle. And so we would stay with the city grandparents for two weeks until my country, you know, <laughs> rural grandparents would come back to sell and then they'd take us back to the country. And this went on until probably I was maybe 15 or 16. Instead of going for summers, I would go for two weeks because, you know, we had the baseball teams and all that kind of stuff, okay. summer sports. But that was placed in my spirit. And so we came to peace and we uh, saw this parcel of land over there on 15th and Noble. Mm -hmm. And we were uh, one Sunday morning, I was driving in and I saw it and it had a sign for auction, an okay. army auction. And so I took the uh, the officers out of their Sunday school classes. We got in the van and we went over there and we looked at the property and we said, uh, can we get it? And we decided that we would take it to the church, took it to the church. The church voted after the process of praying and things mm -hmm. okay. and voted to purchase the property. We were getting ready to build a church in front of that property on that front stretch of land there mm -hmm. uh, which would hold 500 on the floor and 250 in a balcony okay but the economy went out okay that was when 2008 2009 when you know everything fell out and so we had to find some way mm -hmm. to utilize the property and uh so i uh I have always had a heart for returning citizens that are, that's those who have been formerly incarcerated. Okay. And so we developed a program where we would teach the formerly incarcerated and youth the principles of urban farming. And so I went to uh, Growing Power in Milwaukee. Took a course on commercial urban farming. Mm -hmm. Took a course at uh, the Cook County, the University of Illinois Cook County Extension Services on urban farming. Mm -hmm. And so I became a commercial urban farming, a master urban farmer, 
and a master gardener. Look there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All all the while trying to pass the and all of this was going on when I was the president of the state convention also. Okay. Okay. And so I I I would do that and we would I would I would just have a wonderful time because I was I was meeting you know the formerly incarcerated getting an opportunity to witness to them several of them we have helped to get in different jobs here and there mm-hmm. you know and so I just contacted uh work one because that's who we got the formerly incarcerated through to tell them that we're going to start on April 1st with our summer program okay and so that's that's what we've been doing probably for the past five years doing that urban farming we have a youth component uh growing youth through farming and then we have the urban agriculture entrepreneurial internship program where we teach uh the formerly incarcerated and hard to employ the principles of urban farming so that at the end of their 12-week paid internship, uh-huh. they will have the beginnings of a business plan if they want to do some farming, you know, some gardening on themselves. Uh, when yeah. uh, Karen Freeman Wilson was the mayor, uh-huh. uh, I went to her and petitioned her to see if the city would give the graduates of the program a lot for a dollar a year and that would become their business ah okay you know but she you know transitions out of office before we had a chance to bring that to pass but uh yeah that's what that's what we're doing even even right now we have a memorandum of understanding with purdue university to do what is called aquaponics Aquaponics is growing vegetables in water using the minerals and nutrients from fish waste. So it's a symbiotic relationship between the plants and the fish and the water. And so we'll be growing vegetables. Uh, We already have the model for that on our property, but before the end of this semester, uh, the program should be up and running. That's one phase of it. And another phase is uh, solar panels, you know, alternative sources of energy mm-hmm. to uh, give the uh, electricity for that program. And then that's in the motor pool, yeah, which is a 3,000 square foot building. Yes, but in the main building, there is 1,800 square, 18,000 square feet of space and the top of it is 13,000 square feet and we're going to do a rooftop garden on that. Wow. Yeah, so now, we've been working on that. You know you've totally blown me away here, but <laughs> <laughs> but but it all says one word to me, visionary man. Mm-hmm. So, and so I know there's been opposition with it. So I want to er- ask you early on my question. I want to ask you, uh, when did you know that uh, Marty Henderson was different? And the second part of it was, when did you become okay and at peace with Marty Henderson being Marty Henderson? 
You know, that's that's a good question because it 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 took some time. It it really it really took some time. I'm in the midst of my I'm in the midst of my 46th year of preaching, 36th year of pastoring. Wow. And so I'm in I'm at my fourth church. Okay. And so uh I have always had this as my modus operandi, and I've, I've taught it to my children and my youth wherever I am. And that is to find the thing that you wake up and enjoy and can't wait till you get an opportunity to do it to the extent uh-huh. that when you go to bed at night mm. you're saying doggone it yeah. I gotta stop I gotta <laughs> stop I wish I had a couple of more hours to do what I want to do in this day but then you wake up in the morning and say hallelujah Yeah, I get a chance to start it all over again chance to start you know so that that has been that has been my motivation while i was in school my my classmate from uh itc you know morehouse school of religion uh-huh uh, my roommate i talked to him about every week and he's he does the facebook live and whenever i chime in he tells the story that uh i used to say to him boy you better start reading some books because my mother uh started my love for the scriptures and for studying uh-huh. when i was when i was a child because we did have sunday school at home because she was a sunday school teacher but she bought me my first set of matthew henry commentaries yes, in 1976 <laughs> so so i've always had a desire to get knowledge to get bible knowledge that whatever it is that i'm in or whatever it is that i'm dealing with i would buy a bunch of books and read them yes sir you know so as it is today i have my theological library my preaching library my pastoral library christian education library but i also have my farming library <laughs> yeah, I have, yeah i have i have my farming library and so so i just i just love to 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 grow myself and and let me let me say this about that um if you're in ministry if you are in anything you know you have to be a self starter uh-huh. you can you can't wait on people to get excited about what god has called you to do and what he's planted in your spirit you know and even if you're the only one god forbid that you should be the only one who's disappointed in a project that's why you cast your vision uh-huh. but if you are disappointed wonderful that's the challenge of the holy spirit he convicts he reproves uh-huh. he challenges us 
in the areas where we are lacking and where we need to grow and develop and improve. And so I'm 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 excited about this stage of my life, you know. You and, know. And you can tell, man. It, it, you mm-hmm. can tell that that you are at peace. Tell, tell me just for the listeners, man. Uh, t- tell me your 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 motto for peace. You say peace is you talk about peace church. Uh-huh. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> Peace Baptist Church is committed to bringing people who do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ into loving fellowship with him and responsible church membership through reaching the lost, teaching the found, and sending the taught to serve the world. You know, that, uh, <laughs> that to bring people who do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ into loving fellowship with him is a part of the thrust of evangelism for any local church. You got to bring people to love Jesus. And then the second part, responsible church membership. Our challenge is not only to evangelize, but our challenge also is to congregationalize, Uh, to bring them into the fellowship of the body of Christ. And so the way that we do this is, is creative ways of reaching the lost, yes. you know, we we have done block parties and different things like that. Been through the community, knocking on doors. Mm-hmm. As it is right now, I am in a an African American evangelism institute cohort through the Billy Graham School of Evangelism okay. at Wheaton College, okay. and so I am uh, growing in different creative and dynamic ways of doing evangelism and so we reach the lost yes sir that's evangelism <laughs> we teach the found teach the that's found. discipleship yeah. we send the taught yes that's mission mm-hmm. to serve the world that's outreach outreach Mm-hmm. Man, I, I love that man. Every every time I would hear you recite that, you also say say something about peace is not this peace is what you know what I'm talking about. You know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peace is more than our name; it's our lifestyle. <laughs> I love it. You know, it's it's interesting how that came about. Okay. You know, I I I must say this, and. Uh, you know, if you go to the church where the name is peace, where the name is victory, or or anything like that, uh, it's probably a group that made it through some hell. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they, they right. had to fight and to go through some things. And so their name is called peace. Finally, we had peace. So finally, we have victory, you know, <laughs> new beginnings or something like that, you yeah. know. And so my first Bible class, well, well, let me be transparent. The first Sunday that I became the pastor of Peace Baptist Church, I was presented with a petition oh. from a group of members uh-huh. who wanted me to do this and to do that. And I'm saying... I just got here. Right. Okay. I don't know nothing about this church. I don't, I don't, I don't, I really don't know. God called me here, but I don't know nothing about this church. Mm-hmm. And so I, the Lord led me to Philippians chapter two, mm-hmm. where it talked of having the same mind and saying, speaking the same thing. Yeah. 
And as I was teaching, I, I said, we got to be at peace with one another. Mm. And peace has got to be more than our name. More than a name. It's got to be our lifestyle. <clears throat> and from that moment on, I said, say with me, peace is more than our name. Peace is more than our name. It's our lifestyle. It's our lifestyle. <laughs> that, that became became the mantra. That man, that, that, that so resonated with me, man. And I would always, I'd always remember that, man. I was like, man, that was so beautiful. You've you've always been, you've always been so articulate, man. You can tell people say it all the time. Readers, leaders are readers, and mm -hmm. uh, readers are writers, and and you, mm -hmm. and I want to thank you as well because along my journey, you've always been an encourager as well of me writing and me finding my way as it relates to uh, just writing the passion of writing, man, and just articulating it through words. And so I thank you uh, for, for for that as well. Um, uh, I asked you the other day. And I said, man, this podcast is to inspire uh, some people in that second half of life. What, what's some advice that you could give? Do you remember what you told me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yep, yep, yep. Would you share that advice for, for that person who may be? Because I, I think it's designed. My heart, my sense, I believe I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. The, I'm 55. And again, I recognize there, there are others who at this point, you know, who are becoming, who have become empty nesters, uh, retirees, uh, all of that's coming down through here. And, you know, it's, it's important how we finish this last mile of the way, man. What's the encouragement, man? Opposite of go somewhere and sit down and put on some house shoes and just wait for the Lord to call you. You know, I, I, uh, one, uh, I studied leadership, you know, uh, and John Maxwell yes, was was a mentor to me in a real sense. I was a part of a pastor's roundtable when I was there in Georgia, and we met uh, once a month for two years. Okay. And he just poured into us and his uh, associates, they poured into us. And there was one lecture that he gave and I don't know the title of it, but the message of it was, is it time to retire or to re-enlist? Ah. Is it time to retire or to re-enlist? Mm -hmm. And so out of that, as I get older in my ministry, I see um, somewhere in my ministry and in my leadership, a sunset club. Uh-huh. And 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 the Lord was impressing upon me that there are people who are older, who are past the midlife, uh-huh, who do not want to go quietly into the sunset. Uh -huh. They still have a lot of life and they still have a lot to contribute. Yeah. So to those people, I say, don't retire, but re-enlist. So how do you, how do you re-enlist? Re yeah. One, one thing is 
you've got to see yourself included in your future. You've got to see yourself included in your future. A lot of people will go quietly into the sunset because they believe that they have nothing to contribute. They've, they've done all that they can do and they deserve to get under a shade tree in a hammock and get some mint julep and just spend that day <laughs> doing nothing. <laughs> right. But, but the world didn't stop just because you reached a certain age. Wow. You've got wisdom. Yes. You've got experience. You've got knowledge that you can pour into somebody else. And so you have to see yourself doing that. Yes, sir. You know, Walmart, Walmart, boy, they cornered the market a long time ago. Yes, sir. When they brought those retirees out of retirement and made them greeters. Greeters, right. <laughs> Welcome to Walmart. Right. They, weren't do, they weren't doing nothing. They were just staying home. Watching days of our lives, the general hospital. (laughs) And they got them up, got them out, and gave them a chance to contribute. Man, they're some of the warmest people, friendliest people you want to meet on earth. Yes, sir. Those greeters, they're making a contribution because they see themselves as a part of their future. Second thing. Second thing. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know that I said it in these words, but continue to grow. Mm-hmm. You've got you've got to feed yourself. My mother is ninety three years old. Mm-hmm. She does crossword puzzles. Okay. You hear what I'm saying? Yes, sir. She's she's constantly <laughs> keeping her mind fresh and going. Mm-hmm. You've got to continue to grow. You can't. You can't. You 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 got to find some. If if it's if it's something that you wanted to do 20, 30 years ago, uh huh. Go back and pick it up and yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. Go pick it up and do it because one of the worst things that can happen to a person is that they come down to the end of their life and have regrets. Yes, sir. You don't you don't want to have you don't want to have regrets. You you might not accomplish everything that you set out to do, but at least you are working on something. Mhm. Mhm. You know, you you you've got to you've got to do that. Go back and capture yourself and feed yourself. Constantly grow. You got to constantly grow. You've got to constantly grow. Third thing, I don't know whether that I said it like this. I I I wrote them down. Wrote them down. Tell me what the word. Then I could elaborate on. The first thing you said was in future envision your yourself yeah. Envision the future with you in it. You said with that. you in it. You got to be in it. The second mm-hmm. thing you said was renew your mind. You said renew it. your mind. Yes. Renew yes. It. Yes. The third thing you said, which was so be- that, that got me when you said you said dream that dream again. <laughs> but, now I uh, I'm working I feel on. Like- I'm actually working on 
several books right now as it is okay you know, several several books as it is i had said a long time ago that i was going to write some books on this and that but the book of james really captured me in fact that was the first book that i taught for bible class at my first church okay yeah and so i went back and i'm doing an exegetical study mm -hmm. of the book of james so it's not simply a collection of sermons mm -hmm. it is a deeper dive into the text you know where i'm doing you know my greek studies different yeah. things like that and mm -hmm. trying to uh talk about james from the perspective of what he would see in christianity today uh-huh you know because his, his his book is just a practical book on practical living yes. you know practical christian living and mm -hmm. so how does james speak to us in a practical sense when we have issues of social injustice mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know that second chapter is just just filled with you know treating your neighbor right uh -huh. that's, that's what basically social justice is do it unto others as you'd have them to do unto you yes sir you know and so that's 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 one thing uh that i am doing that i thought that i was going to do years ago mm -hmm. And so now this book writing thing, it just, it just has a hold of me. Yeah. You know, and I, I serve as the chairman of evangelism for the national, you know, convention. Yes, sir. And so that's what led me to that African-American uh, cohort. Okay. Now I, I did a second master's in evangelism because I was in line to become the chairman okay for evangelism and, okay. and as i said whatever uh i'm dealing with i get books and study it yes and so i did that preparation for that so i'll probably come out with some kind of manuals in a collaboration i have a son in the ministry uh in atlanta he's writing his book now on evangelism and so after he gets his initial book uh, we'll do a collaboration yeah on some creative ways of doing evangelism so Man. i'm telling you 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 gotta you gotta go pick it up dream dream again go dream again you, you know that, again. you know i heard um oprah said interviewing tyler perry mm -hmm. in that interview uh tyler said um all of my dreams have come true. Everything that I've dreamed have come to pass. And she said, you know what you gotta do now, right? And he said, mm -hmm. she said, you gotta dream again. Dream again, dream and, again. And that is so important, man, because that's the vision. That's the start of follow, that, that which we see. You know, you've discussed with us tonight, evidently, You've seen these things. The mm -hmm. farming, you you roll past the 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 uh the plot of land, the armory. And that armory's been sitting there for years, man. But mm -hmm. when you roll past it, you saw something totally different that others that have been around for years didn't see it, man. And so mm -hmm. it's just amazing, man, to to dream again. And that's somebody I think that just 
you know, again, some of us were forced into working jobs, taking care of our children, all, doing all of these things that have, uh, not that we've not been doing things, but we've been doing things to occupy our, our times and to help us provide for others. But then, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes God gives us a window whereby we can dream again and we can go back and look at, like you said, that that what had, what did I want to become in the beginning? And and mm -hmm. there may be a chance, to, yeah, again, just to simply dream again. I'm saying just dream, dream again, man, because it does what you started out saying. When you get that right dream and vision, man, and you begin to see it, man, it it bothers you. You, you talked about unsure. Yes, let, let me tell you about my buddy. He said, he said he he was he remodeled. He was working in the mill. I think he got laid off. So some kind of way he started with a guy remodeling basements and stuff. And he said he got into it so much. So then for Christmas, his children and wife brought him some safety goggles, but they had the pin lights on the temple they had lights hmm. on the temple he says he says man now i may never go home <laughs> but what this, but this this is what what got me and i know you'll identify with this he said he said pastor i go home because i have to yes sir not because i want to yes sir <laughs> Yes, sir. How important is it for people to find what they love to do, get it, and do it, and be in that space? Oh, it is it is vital. It is life. It is life. Mm. You 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 got you got to find that it is life, or else you you will be unfulfilled. Ah. You know, there's peace and joy mm. in doing what you have been called. And you might not even be gifted to do it, but you learn how to do it. And, you know, the key is the process. It's not the end packet. It's not. It's the process. Mm -hmm. The things that God uses to shape you. Yes. And to grow you and to develop you. You know, that's the key. It is, man. I, and I love it. I, I, I've lived that uh, preaching and teaching. I've always loved. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, Pastor Case, I was on the other day. He said, man, I was called at 10 years old. <laughs> they preaching at 10. How, how old were you when you started? I was 17. 17. Yeah, I was 17. Early. The day before my 18th birthday, I preached my first sermon. Wow. Mm -hmm. And just, and it's just something you gotta love. It's just a love and a passion. And you know, it's my argument. It's another reason why I'm on. It's my argument that people who are making a living off of and surviving and taking care of loved ones based upon a gift, a talent that you have, it is your. I think it's our responsibility to help others find and point them in that direction to help them get to where they're supposed to be. Especially if it's brought us to where we are. Oh yes. By far. The world is a better place, man. <laughs> mm -hmm. We know that even in church function, man. Man, everybody singing shouldn't be singing, and everybody. <laughs> you know, I know you did it because your mama did it, but and and you decided, but everybody is not, you know. That gift yeah. thing is really good. <laughs> mm -hmm. Man, thank you uh so much. I, I want to ask you what might be your encouragement to somebody here. You know, again, these people. I think, I hope everybody uh, pitches in and joins, but I, that, there's some somebody that needs some encouragement, man. How might you encourage them in days like these? Uh, 
you know, um, I, I say this often. You can't go back and start again, my friend. Uh-huh. But you can start from now mm -hmm. and make a brand new end. <laughs> I love it. Would you repeat it? You can't go back can't go and back. start again, my friend. But you can start from now and make a brand new end. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. I love it, man. Mm -hmm. Love it. Man, I want to thank you, man, for uh, just taking the time and uh, uh, just share with myself and with others, man. And those who will try chime in and listen to share, man, uh, would you do me a favor? Would you just uh, pray for those, all of us, and mm -hmm. those might be listening? Now, okay. Okay. Let me ask you this before you do that. Would you tell everybody where we can find, where we can reach and follow you, church, whichever you'd like to share? Uh, um, we we are on Facebook, uh, Marty L. Henderson. We are, I'm on Facebook as Peace Baptist Church. I'm on Facebook as Peace Garden and Farms. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So you could you could find us on those three. I've got other, you know, Facebooks but they are relative to the different responsibilities that I've had. You know, I've got a Facebook page for my, my hometown. You know, that wow. I have all, all of the homies, if I can say really? that. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Look, before you close in prayer, let me, let me ask you this, man, because I got to get it out because I had it down to ask you. The pandemic hit churches. Churches did something that we never thought would happen before that it would be no church within the buildings. But I watched you make that transition, man. How was that How was that transition for you? Well, you know, our transition to doing the streaming was almost seamless. And the reason, reason why I say that is because we haven't had a musician for a few years now okay you know so i would play recorded music in the morning worship service okay. and i would say now you know how you did in the clubs you didn't always have a live band <laughs> in the clubs right. and you got up and you danced and you yeah. did what you did yes so then why are you going to give that more than you give the lord Yes, sir. And so, you know, the music selection, I was, I grew up as a choir director. Okay. You know, so I have, you know, some kind of music appreciation to yes, some sir. degree. Uh -huh. And so I would just, just pick the music that would get me happy. Yes. And if it would get me happy, I'm presuming that it would get somebody else happy too. Yes, sir. And so I had to do a lot of experimenting with forms of music, you know, mm -hmm. to meet the needs of our people. And every song that I would play before I preach was a song that spoke to my heart uh -huh. that got me ready. Uh-huh. And so I'm just going on and I'm preaching. And so when we had to do the stream, 
we did the stream probably for a year and a half from home because we were not in. Yes, sir. And then when we went back in, uh, we continued the stream and continued playing music. And every Sunday I would see people just getting excited about the music and about the word. Yes, sir. You know, you gotta have you gotta have the marriage of the music and the word. You know, someone said that music is the psychology of the soul. And if that is the case, mm -hmm. then that soul has to be prepared to worship God and to receive what he is saying to us. Yes. And so that's that's been uh, how I have approached the stream. I pray that we can can find a musician, you know, who's uh -huh. willing to to work with us and, and do what's necessary to grow the ministry. Yes, sir. But until then, we're just going to be playing the music. And the thing about it is, I have Ricky Dillard, the Thompson Community Singers, you know, <laughs> different, different. Everybody. I, I had him every Sunday. <laughs> it's hard to beat that. Hard to beat that, brother. It's hard to beat that. So I worship one of one of my friends in Georgia. He was doing the same thing. He said, "Man, it's gonna be hard for me to go back in with the choir." <laughs> we all can't sing like the Thompson community. Hey, man. Hey. Yep. 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 I just want to celebrate you, man, because I I, I watched so many people. I I was kind of out out of the normal thing, uh, kind of before the pandemic hit, man. But I was able to watch how others. Made their way through that transition, some more difficult than others. But I do know uh, my pastor, late Reverend McDonald, Raymond McDonald, used mm -hmm. to cannot be one dimensional. No, no, no. Cannot no. If you're one dimensional, you're going to lose. You have to be, there has to be some flexibility, some pliability. Mm -hmm. be, you know what I mean? And oh, so, yeah. in that, man, I just wanted to celebrate that, celebrate you on that as well, man. Mm -hmm because we've been watching and, and you have led the way for so many, man. Thank you again, man. Would you just lead us in prayer, man? I thank you again. Sure thing. All righty. Eternal God, our Father, we come before you now to thank you for the strength of your grace and the tenderness of your mercy because we need it to make it through these perilous times. Yes, sir. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness because you've been with us every step of the way friends have come and gone but you've been a constant rock beside us yes. as we made it through this weary land yes, sir. and so we thank you lord for being there every step of the way yes. we thank you lord for pastor wilford yes, we thank you lord for the calling that you have on his life for the diverse ministry that you are leading him into You've poured so much into him, oh God. And we know that you said, to whom much is given, much is required. So we ask that you would continue to make him a faithful steward of the resources that you have given to him. Yes. Bless his family, Lord. Strengthen and keep them is our prayer. We pray, Lord, for those who would be listening, who yeah. are standing at the crossroads of life, wondering which way to go. We ask, oh God, that you would start a fire within their souls. Yes. Lord, we ask that you would present a discontented spirit to them. Mm. 
to the degree that they cannot remain in the same place doing the same thing. Mm. So Lord, we ask that you would give them new, renewed vision, renewed purpose, renewed goals, Lord. Yes. That fire that was there, rekindle it, Lord. That passion that was there, put a spark in it right now. And then that person who feels like they're at the end of the road, bless them to know that it, you said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Yes. As long as there's breath in their bodies, the gifts that you have given to them, let them be used to give you glory, honor, and praise. Yes. The person who feels as if there is no hope, speak to their hearts right now. You set Ezekiel down in the midst of a valley that was full of bones that were very dry. And you called him to do a work even there in the valley of dry bones. Father, that person that feels like they're in that valley, we need you to speak to them on tonight and encourage them to see what you see, not only in the valley, but what you see in them. Yes. Encourage them, Lord, to run and not be weary, to walk and not faint. Help them to hold on to you because somebody's needing them right now. Yes. If they're not sharing their gifts, there's some gift that's missing within the body, within the fellowship. There's some work that only they can do. So inspire them to get excited again. Yeah. To do the work that you've assigned to their hands. And then Lord, every pastor in particular, we pray for them right now. Yes. You are bringing us through this pandemic. You brought us from a mighty long way. We never envisioned that we would be where we are right now. But Lord, you have brought us through. Yes, Lord. And because you brought us through, give us the strength, vision, and passion to keep on running and see what the end's going to be. Yes. And we'll give your name glory yeah. because you're good. Praise because you're honored. God, and honor because you are worthy. Yes, Lord. For it's in your wonderful name that we do pray and we ask it all. Hallelujah. Thank you. And amen. 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 And thank you so much, Pastor. I really Thank you, brother. All mm -hmm. right. We'll be talking, man. Thank you again. Okay. Look forward to it. All righty. All, mm -hmm. right. all right. Take care now. Mm -hmm.